is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 12, 2019, Season 15, Episode number 80. Welcome to another edition of... Of the break, we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got about 45 minutes to talk about the Cowboys with you guys. Today we're going to talk about levels of concern. Coming off a game like that one uh, that we saw on Sunday, there's a lot of things that you could be concerned about with this team. But I think it's up to us, it's up to this group in here uh, to add some perspective to this conversation of how much should you be concerned about certain things that we saw Sunday, about certain position groups, about particular players that may not have played so well in that game, but is it a real trend or is it something that you're seeing that, that you think will be a problem as we go forward? So uh, I got my crew here, I got Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Danny Sirek, no, excuse me, Danny Sirek is joining us today as well. Um, so let's jump right in. Um, level of concern. It's going to be a rating of 1 to 10, 10 being I am losing my mind concerned with this, 1 being ah, this is not a problem. All right. Let's start first with the offensive line. And I heard you guys actually had some interesting conversation on that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so before we get to your levels of concern, why don't you guys give me a little news on what's happening there on the offensive line? Why don't you take care of that, Nick? <laughs> you, you called your shot like Babe freaking Ruth. I, no, he, I didn't. I did. he, he always does. No, I, and then and later he, he's like, he acts no, like, I didn't nah, know anything. Yeah, he's I, like, I, I, no I don't have a source. Okay. I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about an injury to Connor Williams. And, and as I was telling you this earlier, yeah. if he would have had like a – you know, like a soreness in his knee, and we'll see. He's not going to practice. Then it'd be like, all right, they're they're protecting him, and they're trying to start to feel. I don't think you have to go under the knife to like prove a point here. So I do think he's got an, a legitimate injury. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have um, scope on his right knee, I believe. I don't remember. No, I think it's which left knee because last year was right. There we go. Uh, he had the same thing about the same time. Tuafilo came over and they had a, a game. You know, seven game winning streak or whatever. So we'll see if that happens again. But I, I think it was just because of Suofilo. You've but, been calling for Suofilo. I have been, and I think he's a better lineman, and I think the Cowboys think so too. They just didn't draft him. But as I told you, there there are tons of legitimate injuries in that locker room right yeah. now that could have surgery or decide not to have surgery. So yeah, I think he's got a legitimate injury. I, I do wonder though if if it was kind of like yeah Connor you know you might want to go ahead and, and get the surgery like it's let's just go ahead and do the surgery and you can sit for a few weeks I think we, we got a plan I think he's a better lineman right now in, the, in in his career I think he gives him a little bit more strength and you know we'll we'll see who you talking about uh, Sufilo. Sufilo. yeah and I wondered so, I was gonna say I wonder too how much this decision comes from them liking what Suofila did last year when he filled in for Williams it's and I, be a I'm lot sure of that. that came into you know we can go a few weeks out Suofila will be ready. Yeah. I'm sure that came into play some, too. Let me put on my draft show hat real quick. and right. I'm going to defend the guy who I was very excited that they were going to draft. Maybe instead of saying, you know what, Connor, maybe you go get that surgery. Maybe they watched it back and they were like, you know what, you're clearly not right because you would be playing better than this if you were healthy. Because he hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he has played as poorly as he did against the Vikings. And so 
Maybe they took a look about look at it and said, "You're not helping us. Right you're now. not going to be effective enough to help us in your current state. So go get this taken care of." Uh, Jason Garrett said he doesn't. It, I mean, I don't think IR is in consideration. And when you think about how far into the season we are, that uh, I'm interested to see. He, you know, you don't ever want to put a firm timetable on it just in case. But you know. When he says short term, I assume that means he can be back in three, three or four, three or four weeks. I mean, Michael Gallup had a had a situation like this earlier in the season. So you know, he's a second round pick and, and a guy that everyone thought might be a first round pick. So you, you don't ex- you expect him to be a starter, but even if if his career is a backup to a lot of spots, that is a valuable position, especially with this line. I, I, that's probably not what he wants or what the team wanted. But if he's your swing tackle who also can play guard and all that, like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Are you are you saying that's where he may need to be? Maybe. I mean, what what if Connor McGovern comes back and, and he's actually that's... really good and and Frederick keeps keeps improving and you know and they've signed the the tackles and so we're you know maybe he's a backup swing tackle but also has ability to play guard yeah we kind of that's a very valuable person to all four of those positions yeah i mean we abandoned the whole moving him to right tackle thing because nobody expected lyle collins to resign but now that he has yeah and and then you know mcgovern's torn peck has kind of sidelined that conversation as well but Mm -hmm. when the offseason gets here I don't yeah. know. It's it's something to consider. I mean, so, you would assume. Sorry, you would assume Connor Williams is still going to have a leg up just based on multiple years in the in the strength program, it's starting experience. Connor McGovern has basically not played a snap of NFL football, not even in practice for the most part. But something to watch. I if we're going to just start the game, I'll say a seven for the, the for the old line. line because. Um, I do think they're getting a little bit better here at left guard, but I also think there's also injury concerns to Zach Martin with his elbow, Lyle Collins with his back. A couple of things to look at this week. Tyron Smith is coming off one of his worst games we can remember. So Frederick, I don't think, played that well either. Yeah, they. I mean, that was... They got beat up by the Vikings. Vikings beat them. Across the board, it was just not... Yeah. I mean, it was uncharacteristically bad. Injuries are probably part of that, but Everson Griffin... Gave Tyron Smith the work. Zach and Lyell are injured. Seven's too high for me. Ten is like jump off a cliff. I'm gonna say six. Six. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say six again. And you know, you never want to overreact too much. They've played well way more often than they haven't. Right. Uh, yeah. And it, and Suafield should be able to help. Well, it's hard to say you have all these concerns when you see the level of talent all along the offensive line, and you know that this is more than likely just. Maybe like a bump in the road. This isn't something that's concerning for me for the rest of the season because you know what they're all capable of. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate with that. Uh, there have been two really good defenses that they've played this year. Both those instances, they didn't win the battle. Does that concern you more when you're talking about this team if they can win the division and get into the playoffs, playing some of those though that caliber of talent in the playoffs? I'm going to speak for the fans listening right now and say playoffs. <laughs> like let's let's string together some good results before we worry about what that means. Well, but the one thing we do know about this team, they can win in the NFC East. Yeah. And if they keep winning in the NFC East, they're going to find themselves in the playoffs. So, mm. I, it's true. If They're, they win their next two games in the NFC East, I have a hard time thinking that. I have a hard time thinking that Philadelphia, because Philadelphia is just as schizophrenic as the Cowboys if they, right now. They could go. They could theoretically go six and zero in the East and finish seven and nine. So I'm not willing to concede that. All right. Their I, only other win outside the division is Miami. My thought they is they have not beaten 
a good team. Got it. But my thought is if they go seven and nine, somehow Philly's going to end up being seven and nine or less. Well, because they, they, once they again, beat, those two teams are they're playing the same kind of they football beat right Philly. now. Philly. Is Philly good? Well, then no, that's, that's my making, point. You're that's making the point, point then. Yeah. Do y'all know? So you sudden, still will win the division, right? Y'all know who's who Philly has to but end the year, right? If they're not a good team, but they're playing. They got two then, Giants games, a, a Redskins game, a they'll Dolphins game, and, that, and that's. But that's my point: is if they are, if they play like the Cowboys, which to this point they have, they've been up and down. Then it, it may not depend on the, the the caliber of their opponent. They may lose some games that right okay. now you're looking at like they can't lose that. Okay. Philly could lose to the Giants. Absolutely. Could. Anybody can lose to anybody. Right. I mean, of course. But but the whole point is, do, sure. are you more concerned about these better teams? Because that's where the Cowboys are. The Cowboys offensive line can bully some other teams, and they have. Uh, when it comes to some of these better lines, they've not gotten the better. You know, that. I mean, last night's game was a good example. I mean, there are two, two good football teams going back and forth. And, you know, it came down to plays at the end of the game. And and I think the, the Vikings game is very similar. I mean, yeah, it, it sucks – to be five and four, not six and three, because that seems like a really big difference. It does. But you know, if if they make a play, and I'm, I'm just saying, I know that's a big if, but I mean, they're right there, win the game. We're not even talking about all these numbers we're about to throw out are, aren't all because of a one play here and there. I mean, that was a very good two good football teams. I think that are, that are playing in that game, the Vikings won the game. They they were a little bit better, but I don't think it's. I don't think the cow. I mean, the Cowboys can compete with anyone, but they will lose to anyone if if they don't play well and they're injured. So I don't think it's a panic button situation. They they can they can get in here and they can be better than Philly. All right, let's talk about the tight ends: Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. What's your level of concern there? I don't know about concern. It's just, I mean, even yesterday, Garrett was asked why they're not using Jarwin more when he seems to be playing well when he gets the opportunities, and it's Witten is just that good. And it almost kind of reminds me of wait, he said that. Did he say Witten is just that good? Or are you saying that? No, I mean, oh. paraphrasing what he said. Okay. I mean, like, Whit- Jason Witten is Jason Witten. Right, And, right. You, you know, you can only play so many personal good packages. And it almost kind of reminds me of, like, Tony Pollard, of you just, you're not getting the opportunities that you need. Mm. I'm going to disagree with you there because, uh, you know, Zeke has been the best running back in the league for the last few years. He wasn't the other night, obviously, but we know what Zeke is. And, uh, but... But Witten is not that guy anymore, you know? And so... I, no, I agree with you. I would like yeah. to see more Jarwin. I was just saying what Garrett said. Yeah, I know. But and the Garrett's, you know... Jarwin seems to... Wham the nose and all the stuff. <laughs> I mean, Garrett, you know, we saw it at the press conference where, you know, he was tearing up and all that. That's his guy. But this is... It's a tough situation because it's not like Jarwin is 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 great at everything. He's just a more athletic tight end than Witten. Yeah. Faster. And so is Schultz. But that doesn't mean Schultz needs to play. You'd be surprised to hear this, but I, I'm, I'm not going to play by the rules on this particular one. Because, and listen, I'm wrong all the time. Like I, I'm, I'm always wrong. I thought they were going to beat the Vikings. Definitely thought they were going to beat the Jets. A lot of stuff I say is wrong. But the minute Jason Witten unretired, I called this from a million miles away. I was like. Tight end will be a, a problem spot. Jason Witten will be Jason Witten. It probably won't be good enough, but he's going to command a certain amount of you know snaps and attention that you're not going to get better from your younger guys while he's here. And you're not going to draft a guy because you don't know how long Jason Witten's going to be around. I don't think it's killing this team you know in the i mean in the grand scheme of problems you're going to say something else that scares me way more than tight end but it's just a subpar position right now and there's nothing they can do about it 
right now. And that's yeah, just it just is what it is. That's kind of my take on it is you got so many things that you can put in the priorities as far as problems. This is so far down the list for me that my level of concern on the tight ends is really, really small because I don't I'll put it like this. I don't think that anything the tight ends did or didn't do in this last game won or would have won or ended up losing this game for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I don't think the tight ends were part of my equation, at least on why they lost. Okay, but but you know, maybe someone needs to tell Dak. Because, you know, after the Jets game, Dak's like, I'm going to throw it to the Hall of Fame tight end. I, okay, I get that. Same with this last game, the Vikings, third down, critical play. The, he's not winning those plays. He's not winning those 50-50 balls where it's fighting with a, with a defensive backer or a linebacker. He's not, he, he's not that guy that's making that play. He's not getting those pass interference calls. So it's I don't know if it's your best option, especially with critical, pivotal plays in the game when the game's on the line. He's like, well, I'm just going to throw it to the goat. Well, but but if that but if he's throwing it to him, he's throwing it to him because I don't think he's just throwing it just blindly. I think he's throwing it to him because he sees, hey, maybe he's a man coverage. Maybe he is. That's not you know, what he it, said though. What he said is, I'm going to take the goat every time, and I don't know if that's yeah. The but right. you, I mean, do you really think he's saying? I'm just going to – I don't care. When I come out of the huddle, I don't care. What I see, I'm throwing it to Jason Witt. I don't think that's what he's saying. I just think it, they're in Maybe. they're in a unique spot and not in a good way. Because, I mean, what did we just talk about? Connor Williams was the 50th overall pick. And we're like, well, you, you know what? So what? This is the NFL. If we got to yeah. move him to swing yeah. tackle next year, that's what we're going to do. That Jason Witten's not going to be your third tight end. He's not here to play six snaps and be on special teams. It's just not going to happen. Right. But, and that doesn't mean – and I don't have his snap count in front of me. I bet it's it's not 99%. You know, you were you pointed out he wasn't on the field for the, mm-hmm. for the do-or-die do or drive, but he's still going to command a certain amount of snaps, attention, respect, all that stuff. And as, it just is what it is. As we know, they have two tight ends on the field as much as they do anything else. I mean, this year they, they use two tight ends quite a bit. And there are a lot of times, just like in that last drive, in games where Jason, they only have one tight end and Jason's not in there. They have Blake Jarwin in the game. As a matter of fact, there was one series this last game where they had two tight ends and Jason wasn't yeah. on the field. So I think they're moving it around. Jason's the starter. And has more snaps than anybody else. I don't think it's a situation where they're not using Blake Jarwin. I think they're using him fine. I just think it's just one of those things where Jason just happens to have more snaps. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, let's move on. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the running back position. We'll talk about the running offense and particularly the running defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about levels of concern. We've talked about the offensive line, the tight end position. Let's talk about the running back, Ezekiel Elliott. I've seen some... I don't know. I, I don't even want to characterize it, but I've seen some tweets that have been floating around over the last day that have been questioning Zeke's effectiveness, uh, looking at these games where they've had struggles trying to run the ball. Do you guys see anything in Zeke that that gives you a level of concern? I mean, and I'm talking about this separate from the offensive line, just Zeke as a runner. Are you at all concerned about his, him and what he's doing uh, at the running back position? A little bit, yeah, because um, you want – him to be a little bit more of an explosive player because um, that's how you get those big yards. That's how you, you want the guy that's that's paid as one of the best in the league to kind of every once in a while get a 25, 35, 50-yard run, um, have that in his arsenal. I'm not saying he doesn't have it, but most of his big plays in his career have been screened. Now, that's on the Cowboys for not – you know, running one because I think that they saw it once or twice or 15 times. Dalvin Cook did it, so you'd think they could try it. But I, I, the explosive plays to me are becoming a little bit of a problem. The what? I'm sorry. The lack of explosive Got plays, Fat Zeke, are a little bit of of a problem. I think he has one run of 20 or more yards this season. I mean, Dak, the longest rush of the season is Dak against the Redskins, forty-two mm. yards. I'm I'm almost positive he's he's got a boatload of twelve to fifteen-yard runs, and I've said before that'll do the trick more often than not. Like Zeke himself, I'm probably at like a two and a half or a three. Um, I mean, he three hundred-yard games in a row before that. He's a workhorse. He fights through contact. He does all that stuff. But just I don't know. Go go flip on the that tape of Dalvin Cook and just like I, I you weren't here yesterday but like you're holding your breath when he hits the hole cuz you're like this could Every be time. this could be 6 yards this could be 25 yards this could go to the house. Yep. And you, you haven't felt that way often watching Zeke. And it's not to say he hasn't been good or he hasn't been productive but consider the price tag and you have to you have to now that it's there. Uh yeah, that's you want you would like to see more of that. But most of my concern with that is more about the way he's being used. Like you can also flip on the tape and watch Zeke run into some of these boxes of five guys trying to block six or seven guys and say, "Well, what on what is he really supposed to do?" Much like the Saints game, is Zeke not getting yards because he's not good? No, Zeke is getting yards because there's unblocked tacklers in the box bringing him down. Uh, and then what Nick just said, they just refuse to use him creatively in the passing game. And at this point, I've given up hope that they ever will. <laughs> and that's that's like a nine. That's a nine. Uh, and and stubbornly running him into brick walls is like an eight. 
So that's, but I do not put that on Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think that's his fault. He's still strong. He's still grinding and making those tough runs and breaking tackles. It's just, I agree. I, I'm not sure why we haven't seen those explosive plays. Uh, we talk about when we play the Giants. I mean, Saquon is always good for at least one every time you know we play him. And I'm just wondering why we haven't seen those from Zeke yet. And again, two with Dave. I don't know why they don't throw it to him more. He's proven he can be just as consistent getting the ball in the air. Yeah, I'll say my paint by numbers thing for the millionth time, but like the way the the Cowboys play it, they're like, okay, here here comes our screen. We're gonna fake the we're gonna fake the jet sweep, fake the play action. Dak's gonna look left, turn right, and throw it to Zeke. And all right, we got our screen. We did our screen for the night. We're, we're done. We're good. And yep. the Vikings are over here like, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way. Oh, here comes another screen pass. Here we go again. We're going to do it coming out of this look. We're going to do it coming out of that look. And the Cowboys just aren't like that. And Kellen Moore is obviously doing a good job. They have the best offense in the league. But I just think they could be more creative across a bunch of different yeah. fronts. The interesting part about this is <clears throat> you, you talked about the money. Um, Christian McCaffrey has not reached his second deal, correct? No. All right, so check this out. Top five rushers in the league right now. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs. All young guys, all still on their first contracts. If you go beyond that, Zeke is at six, but then you've got Chris Carson, you've got Marlon Mack, you've got Derrick Henry, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Jackson, funny, <laughs> uh, Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, Philip, like you start going down this list, and it is the whole argument that was being made before the deal with Zeke of, do you ever? And I've heard people make this argument, and it, I think it's a valid argument. Do you ever go big on a second contract on a running back in today's NFL, where you look at this, and this is not un, un, uncommon, that you look at the top rushers in the league, and they tend to be young guys on first first deals. Does this change? Are you looking at this, and do you guys have any questions now about whether it was a good idea to to make the decision to to pay him the amount of money that that they ended up paying him? Yeah, I mean, you can go back and you know now and and, and make that argument, but I I don't think it was a bad idea. I, I think we we were there in training camp. We we kind of knew what this team was about, what they needed, and and I think Zeke is is the guy that he has been the guy that kind of makes it all go. So, um, you know, Dak hasn't. This was one of the few games that, that we've really seen Dak really play a great game without having him out there. I guess you could say the Giants from last year, but you know, a, against a much better team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Dak's kind of been the guy that, that's needed Zeke. And let's be honest, he still had Zeke. I mean, he had Zeke in that game. Like he wasn't rushing for a lot, but he was there, and the Vikings certainly knew he was there. So I think I think Zeke's presence certainly helped Dak in that game. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think we went in. We went into this with our eyes open. Like all, none of that should be surprising to you if you play close, pay close attention to the NFL. And I even, I was like, it's scary to give that much money to a running back. But if there's a guy that I would give it to, it's Zeke X Y Z. His age, his durability, his talent, blah 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 blah. So I mean, it hurts to hear that, but. I don't, you shouldn't be surprised. Like it shouldn't have taken. To, no, and I'm yeah. not talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. rhetorically. Right. Um. So, like I said, it kind of stings to hear that. But yeah, I I agree with Nick. I mean, 
the Vikings were so obviously keyed on Zeke. And we, I mean, it's the coach's fault, in my opinion, that they were still focusing that much on the run, even late in the game. And the Cowboys did adjust to throw more, but I think they could have done more. I think, and, and, yeah, and I agree. Like, that was one of Dak's first games where he was really able to carry that load on his own. And they still didn't win. They, they could have, which hasn't always been the case when Zeke has had a bad day, but they didn't. And so Dak will hopefully continue to grow into that guy. I don't know if he's ready to be that guy week in and week out yet. And so I still don't have a problem with it, even if it does kind of sting to hear those stats. Yeah, the part that's worrisome for me is if you go back and watch the game, there were so many plays where it wasn't even like the it wasn't even a situation where the Vikings were just saying, at least in the situations I'm talking about, where the Vikings were saying, we're gonna put both safeties down in the box and we are committed to stopping Zeke. Like these are situations where what the defense was dedicating to stop the run was beatable. And especially when you consider the fact of how much money and how many first round draft picks have been used across that offensive line and at the running back position. You're like, it, they should be able to beat a front that says run against this front. And and I know they weren't. I get all that. But that's the part that's worrisome to me is the guys that you've really invested in to say third and two, we feel like we should be able to run against a four-man front and six men in the box. And you can't. You get a two-yard loss, right? That's where I think there's a there's a, a disconnect and a problem. Danny, use the Jello analogy that Jerry. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's it was his... so great. On one of five through the fan this morning, Jerry was saying he was asked if he has like any concerns. I guess more about Cowboys run defense was I think what the specific question was. And his analogy, he's great at analogies. He said it's like holding Jello in your mm-hmm. hands. As soon as it starts to like you think you're good, it's not seeping through your middle fingers anymore. It starts overflowing on the edges. So yeah. as soon as you think you're good and comfortable in one aspect of your game, something else kind of grabs your attention. Which the reason I asked you to bring that up is it's very fitting in that regard because whether it's injuries, whether it's the other talent in the NFL, whatever you want to chalk it up to, like it's rare when you can just line up and out-talent another NFL team. And it takes coaching to compensate for that, in my opinion. The, San, the 49ers, I believe, had their, they had their starting tackles for the first time in like a month and a half last night, which and they lost. ironically they lost, <laughs> right. but they also got to eight and zero without their starting tackles. Right. Can you imagine that happening here? No, I can't. But that also tells you, you know, you invest so much in a particular area of your team, and when that part of the team is just performing like all these other teams that don't invest that, and it makes you wonder, is it a bad investment? Right? No, that's and that's my, you know. Yes, you spend all this money on on the O line, but I mean, you know, Tyron's his injury list is like a CVS receipt, and Lyle's been dealing with something. <laughs> Travis is coming back from a sickness that knocked him out all year, and on and on and on and on. And it's it's unrealistic to yeah. be like, well, we spent first round picks on these guys for years and years, so we can just line up and run over whoever we want to. You got to be more creative than that. All right, look we'll get- at I was gonna say you look at the team, some of who they lost to, and you think if the Cowboys were dealing with those injuries, could they have won games? Right, the mm-hmm. the Saints didn't have Breeze. If we didn't have Dak, right, Cooper Rush. Yeah, you know, Giant or uh, Packers didn't have Devonte Adams. Like we've seen how this Cowboys team performs without Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's it's just concerning. Same thing with the Vikings it, and Thielen, you, yeah. yeah, you you see the depth, and then when they're put in a situation to use their backups, doesn't always pan out yeah. the way it should. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. We'll talk about the run defense. We'll talk about the linebackers. And I want to talk about special teams a little bit as well. We'll get levels of concern on all those players when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Ready? 
actually play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yep, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time off back to the break you know it's almost christmas time it is it's getting there getting to look a lot like christmas uh it feels like it around here for sure all right cowboys will host their third annual christmas at the star um presented by albertson's and tom thumb from november 22nd through december 21st taking place at the star in frisco it's a family friendly events through the holiday season including the christmas spectacular it's an opportunity to take a photo with Santa Claus. They've upgraded there this year. And for more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. It's an awesome show. Is Christmas it? Spectacular. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are well, you a part year. of it like you were last weekend at the <laughs> Madden? <laughs> the Mad- no, I went last year as a fan. Awesome. So November 22nd through December 21st. Every Friday, Saturday. Bundle up because if it's anything like it is right now, it should be cool out there. A little bit. You never know. It could be hot. You looking forward to Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fine. Detroit seems like it's going to be pretty cool. I know it's we'll be indoor indoors. game. <laughs> we'll be indoors, so it's a little different. But Famous last words, but like, I don't know, Chicago probably won't be any colder than it was when I woke up in Dallas this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Windy City day. I was about to say, the wind changes things a little bit. Although this morning in Dallas, the wind chill was 10 degrees. It so yeah, it was, was brutal. It was pretty cold. All right. We're getting All right, let's get back in. Let's do uh, let's, here, yeah. <laughs> let's talk some run defense. Uh this last game, that one series is what I just have in yeah. my mind cuz to be honest with you, and we even mentioned in the press con- press box Nick's Nick early in the game, they were actually doing a pretty good job yeah. of stopping the run. Their their problems were in the the screen game. Like they were having a hard time stopping the screen game, but as far as the run was concerned, they were doing a pretty good job. And then you get to that series, and basically Minnesota just lined up and said, we're going to run the ball, you're not going to stop us, and the Cowboys had no answers. Yeah, it was and, very old school. Yeah, and you know you can say what you want about Tony Pollard. Uh, he is a change of pace back, but Minnesota does it differently. That When they bring a guy in, they bring a guy that's even bigger and more pissed off than Dalvin Cook, and he runs that way, and you don't really know the difference of these two guys, and, and it was an advantage for them. Not to say that the, you know, the Cowboys are doing it in another way, but 
they were able to just interchange them within a drive and keep it going, keep it pounding, and and it was it was very impressive to see. For that end, it wasn't yeah. impressive to see the linebackers and the defensive line. Isn't this the same thing we've been saying all season? Tackling. Yeah, I mean, tackling was definitely a problem in this game. Run defense has been at least somewhat of a concern sporadically throughout the season at times. Yep. Like can, we were getting better at one point, and can anybody pinpoint what the deal is here? Because I, I mean, yeah, I'm I, I'm way I'm way up there close to ten with the defense. I at this will point. say this: anytime, anytime a team is getting run on the way the Cowboys got run on in that in the second half in that game, my first set of attention goes to the linebackers and. I think there were a number of times in that game where linebackers overran plays, where linebackers slipped and fell, where line, linebackers had a guy. Like, they had him, and he got away, and he's running. Um, and so for me, the, the number one job of a linebacker is make the tackle. Diagnose the play, get there, and make the tackle. And I don't think enough in that second half of that game the linebackers were diagnosing the play, getting there, and making the tackle. That also means sometimes you got to run through blocks. That means sometimes you got to know enough about what's coming to not get in a bad position to get blocked. Didn't look like often enough the linebackers were doing that in this game. It didn't seem like anybody was really doing it. Getting, all, I mean, um, Demarcus Lawrence played pretty well. All thing, I mean, what yeah. else is new? But. Yeah, get not being able to get off blocks, not diagnosing plays, tackling. I think, I think I read the Vikings had 144, 144 yards after contact. <laughs> That's amazing. What? Yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 incredible in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Um, so maybe they were diagnosing plays. Maybe they not, were diagnosing plays well. The right? Tackling yeah. it all all season. Yeah. I don't think it's been all season. I think, yeah, I think tackling? consistently, yeah, I think there's been issues tackling throughout the season. I get it confused with Texas football sometimes, so I don't know. <laughs> it's hard for me to say for the whole year. Please don't bring up college football with <laughs> I, Dave in the room. I think, oh, yeah, right. Uh, we don't have to go there. You know, the, the guy that, that's really hard to figure out here is when you just watch him play is Jalen Smith. I mean, is he is he good? Does he make a lot of plays? He makes some. He tells you about it when he does. Um and, and you think, well, well, you know, he's around the ball. He's making plays. He doesn't always make great plays, though. He he misses a lot, too. And Jalen is very similar to this team in that, you know, you see the good. You see some of the bad. At the end of the day, though, it doesn't add up like, you, like you'd want it to, you know. 13 tackles, but it just seems kind of hollow. Would it be fair, and I don't have them all in front of me, obviously, but like most of Jalen's really great plays this season have been as a pass rusher, really, haven't they? I'm th- I mean, I'm thinking Saints. I'm thinking uh, he had a sack against the Giants, I believe. Yeah. I I don't think he's a great rusher, though. I, I don't, I'm not saying yeah. one way or the other. I'm saying most of his good plays have been just screaming downfield, yeah. trying to write, which. I mean, that's nice, but that's not what I want from my linebackers. I want them using their instincts to get side to side and sniff stuff out before it gets started. I mean, that's what you're there to do. Yeah, and I think if you're if we're if we're talking about this holistically, I don't think there's a, a linebacker on among those top three that have consistently done that this year. Um, and to be honest with you, the the one I'm probably most disappointed in, and again, it's because of expectations, is Layton. My thoughts after last year was that Layton's going to be a 
bad you know what Mm -hmm. in this league he was going to be a really really great linebacker so my expectation is sideline to sideline I think about that Houston game and the way they run down that play on the sideline and stop the quarterback cold in his tracks and there is nothing that he gets out of the play how often have we seen that this year like that's the part that I'm really concerned about is they're just not flowing sideline to sideline they're not diagnosing a play and and making tackles for losses where they just basically shoot through gaps they're not doing any of that stuff, and so there's not the big plays coming from them. They're not even making the kind of plays where receiver catches the ball in the middle of the field, linebacker comes up and dislodges the ball. Those kind of like what kind of plays are they making right now? And I just don't see a lot of those splash plays from the linebacking. Group. When it, late, sorry, Danny. I was say, is Leighton? Would you even consider him healthy? No. Right. Which, what sucks is it honestly it puts us in a bad spot. Not that anybody. I, not that I expect anybody to have sympathy, but like Layton's got a stinger. It was bad enough that it kept him out the game after the bye week. So clearly something pretty nasty to sideline him for that long. Then he's clearly gimpy in this Vikings game. Like he's limping. You could see it with your own eyes. He runs off the field. He goes to the locker room without his helmet, comes back, gets back in, finishes the game. And so for all intents and purposes, he's healthy. Like, if you're healthy enough to be out there, yeah. then you're healthy enough for me to critique your level of play. But probably not in reality, you know? But how many guys on the field are like that? Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. the thing about football is if you're out there playing, you're probably playing with an injury. Yeah. And it's just a matter of how much pain tolerance can you can you handle. But and, – and I don't even – I don't know. Like, Jay, we even asked Jason Garrett about it specifically yesterday. We were like, did he come out of that game okay? And Jason said yes. So – I'm going to take him at his word on that, even if it's probably not 100% the truth. But if he's, and again, pure conjecture on my part, I don't know, I'm speculating, but like if he's got like a mild groin strain, no wonder he's not doing that type of stuff, you know? But if you're healthy enough to be out there, then I have to critique what I see, you know? I I think the big difference is, 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 you know, at the linebacker position, I think there's a lot of guys in the league that make tackles, Uh, especially since that's that's a stat that, you know, teams keep by you know to themselves, and it, it changes uh, with every everybody who's who's grading those players. But you know, I think Leighton made the Pro Bowl last year because he had interceptions. He had a couple in a row. He had a couple in, against the, one on Monday night or Sunday night, and the next week as well. And I think that's right when you're really voting. And this guy's a stud, and now he's making other plays. But I don't, I don't know. I think that's the big difference here. I don't. He hasn't had those turnovers. I com- I disagree with you, and I think you're right. Like interceptions are splash plays, and they stand out, and they run on Sports Center. But just week after week last year, he's knifing back into the backfield, and like if if he had been playing like he was last year, half of those pitches to Dalvin Cook. They're going for negative one, zero, or one because Leighton Vander Esch is getting through two blocks and getting there before he can get going. He did it. He made a, a huge play against Philly on the road last year where he did exactly yeah. that. And he yeah. did that reliably. They did it against Houston. They wound up losing that game, but they both were doing stuff like that. And you just don't see it. You remember I Leighton, I think he did it once in this game, and he, he's done it a few other times, and it stands out because it happens so rarely where you're like, whoa, there's the Leighton that I remember from last year. Right. How many games did he miss last year like to start the year? How many? He didn't. Four? Well, he yeah. wasn't starting until week four or yeah. five, I but mean, he didn't miss any games. No, he didn't miss any games. I mean, he's, he's on pace to get way more tackles this year. Now, I understand that he didn't. 
you know, play. Uh, it wasn't starting a lot in the first few games. But, I mean, I think he's still making plays. I really do. I think he's making plays. I just don't know if he's making these splash plays, especially the turnovers. Um, I've seen some tackles, but you know, where he's chasing them down and all that. But I guess they haven't. I don't know. Let's ask Corey Miller. <laughs> how many times? How many times are we using the house? Yeah, it, it's not that. very often. He, and he actually, runs the big board up there. How many times are they hitting the house? I heard it once in the game. And I want to say this last game when he did it, it it was like a it was a play that I was kind of mm. like a little nondescript. Like I didn't think well, of it as a great play, but he made a tackle. We swipe so. on six yard runs. So. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. All right, real quick, we don't have much time left. I really quickly wanted to bring up special teams because I want to talk about Brett Maher. Is there any level of concern with him? Yeah. I don't personally yeah, yeah. put. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. Every time he kicks. Oh. Okay. Gotcha. Every time yeah, he yeah. makes. Every time he kicks, there's a concern. Yeah. There is. Like, no, I, I don't know I if know. he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it. Including extra points. Is I don't know if he's going to make it. Uh-huh. I was really wondering if they make that touchdown at the end of the game. Was he going to make it? You know. Yeah. It was just. I just thought it was going to come down to either Maher or Bailey or both or whatever. But it, it didn't. It almost yeah. did. Almost but, did. That, that's what's concerning. I get that they know he can make those really long kicks. You know, forty-five. 50 yeah. yarders, but does that mean that you have to put him in multiple <laughs> situations like that every game? Did you guys talk about that yesterday? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's too much, too much faith. Well, but yes, I've seen those it. extra points that I've seen him do it. Yeah. <laughs> cool, but I just like which he's seen him do it. He also knows that he's missed. Yeah. He's 50 percent this year, which 50 plus. But I mean, so he threw him, he threw him out there for the 57 yarder. And then 20 minutes later, had an opportunity at the same kick and didn't want to do it. Right. It's like, but. But you had all this confidence in him. What, and so just watching him miss one kick changed all of that, even though you've seen him miss plenty of times in your life? Yeah, I, I just I can't fathom why you would make the decision, I'm going to take a 50-50 shot at something, at anything. I'm going to take a 50-50 shot at something that early in the game where it's not necessary. Like You do that going into a half when you have any more time. You do that at the end of a game, maybe late in a game when you just feel like, hey, we've been struggling all game to get into position to even get a score. we got to get something here. Then maybe you take a shot. It was the first series of the game. Why? I didn't understand the point of it. I really didn't understand the point of it. Is that going to give you a boost to go up 3 nothing? Right. You know, maybe with a 57 yarder? starts. Well, well, I look don't at know, the mentally. Per- look at the percentages. What's the percentage Chris Jones is going to put the ball at the 10-yard line? Probably like 75%. That's right. what he does. He knows right there, how to do yeah. that. And then what's the percent that the Vikings are going to go 90? I mean, I don't know. It's smaller than 50%. Who do you – I don't know. <laughs> Small, they did it on the next series. Don't yeah. anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Who do you implicitly trust on this team? Implicitly. Like, they're, like it's a zero. You got a zero since we're talking about how concerned you are. I can think of a few. LP. All right. I'll, I'll, I was about to say, like, I'm having a hard time – Coming up with a single one other than maybe Amari. Amari, I trust mm-hmm. him. Four for me. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a homer. Yeah, but I, I think four has shown us that at times, like he's yeah. had some games where you're kind of like, mm, yeah, but even there, even when he not really, not this you don't year. Think? Not, even I, I, when I, I'm even thinking losses, that's I think true. He's that's played not this well. year. You're right. Not this, and so it may be past history that kind of clouds it for me. Great a little bit. against the Packers, he was forcing a little bit, he, even though he went yeah. for 450. But I mean, he was. No, he was, he made but a little. But that's my point. Even even the bad games. I mean, he threw yeah, a, he, he threw ends a, up he threw a pick on well. the first play of the Giants that's game and wasn't faced. What about ninety? Four, nineteen, and ninety. 90. I'm good with you on ninety. And I'll, I'll even you know what? I'll probably throw in thirty-one. Maybe that's just more. Uh, he's been really good this year. I think uh, that's now the reason you say that. I think is just more about the struggles all over the rest of the secondary. Maybe he's not getting a ton of help, but I think he's played really. Hey, you well. know what? I don't know. I don't know if if the reason why we're seeing what we're seeing is because teams think. 
why even mess with 31 when we could just go to the other side? <laughs> and so I, I wonder, is, is Byron really that good? Or is it a situation where teams just are like, I don't really want to deal with I, that if I can go over here. That, like, this is a better match. Guess what? That counts as being good. If teams mm-hmm. don't even want to mess with you because yeah, it's, it's that counts. Kind of, kind of but, that but, counts. The flip, but the flip side of that, if the flip side of that is the more important part, which is the guy on the other side we'll put that is on. a guarantee, Listen. then it doesn't matter necessarily how good that guy is over there. He's I mean, and I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from Byron. All I'm saying is I don't know if teams are just so heavily focused on the matchup of whoever's with, okay. with Cheeto that they just say that's a better matchup well, rather than it being that's about That's on the Byron. scheme then. That's on Chris Richard. That's on those guys because I'm telling you, I know football's changed a lot over the years, but I've seen Larry Brown get nine interceptions one year and win a Super Bowl MVP not because he was really that good. He was opportunistic. The other guy was the best corner to ever play. Got so it. work on your defense to make that work. To if, if Byron is that good and Cheeto is not, then why can't you give him more help and, and play that way? Cheat that way or give him some help. That's on the scheme if that's if that's what's happening. It, quit just saying one guy over here, one guy over here, and God, I hope, you know, I hope they both win. You know? <laughs> You think that's what they're doing? <laughs> no, I mean, I, well, I think Cheeto's getting some help. I mean, he's got safety over the top. A lot of times we see the safety running into the screen as the completion's being made. So I think a safety's there. It's, well, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're they're benefiting from the fact that 31's not doing anything. Like, he's not giving up anything. Yeah, They need to benefit from that and maybe give him more help. I, my point was just to say it's not a long list. Yeah, and that's, you're right. And for a team with, you know. NFC championship aspirations at the start of the season, that's that's not great. What I don't know is if you went around all the teams in the NFL, is it the same thing? Like who they who they implicitly trust is still just a handful of guys, and everybody else just kind of takes their moments when they're really, really good. Zach, and the Cowboys aren't getting those other guys to step up and have those really, really good games at just on a rotation. You know what I'm saying? I, I trust would, Zach Martin. I I think I do I agree with you. His his injuries I feel like have have hurt him this year. Yeah. But. I mean, you know, if you're talking about the offensive line, and you could say, well, they didn't have a good game because they didn't run the ball as well as you wanted them to, but they still threw for four, you know, like they had 455 yards. I mean, that that's a lot of yards. So they were, you know, in one sack, and Dak could have been three or four. If he was he did a nice job of getting out of it, but you know, they they did a a good job in certain aspects. They didn't move the ball up and down the field. It's hard to just say the offensive line was terrible. They, they, their short yarded situations weren't good. And remember, during the game, when they got down to the 10-yard line, I think I even said to you or Rob, I said, okay, that's good, but this is where it gets really tough. It's just hard to score right in here yeah. at the 10. And that's when we started dissecting all these touchdowns. When you get inside the red zone, you know they're, they're not as good. That's been a problem for a long time. They don't push the pile. So maybe Suofilo can help there. All right, we're going to take uh, – that's in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, we're we'll out of breaks. We will be back tomorrow. We're on a 23-and-a-half-hour break. There you go. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Danny Sarek, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-